Welcome to the Abstract Doctors Podcast. Today, Dr. G and Dr. C discuss mental wellness, creativity, and HRV in a time of COVID. Visit the Abstract Doctors for more information and upcoming podcasts. The Abstract Doctors Podcast. The doctors are in. Open up your mind and say ah. Welcome to Abstract, Abstract Doctors. Doctors. With it. me here is Dr. C. Hey, Dr. G. How are Hit you? Hit me, babe. I'm good, man. I'm good. What are we talking about today? Let's bring it. So, so I ran across, uh, I had two thoughts. One, I ran across a little study that showed uh, uh, France had a strict eight-week lockdown, yeah. and they monitored uh, people, how they reacted to it, and as you might tell some people uh, end up healthier at the eight weeks and some people less healthy. And certainly there's external circumstances to all those things, whether your you know, job is secure or not secure, you know, being around your kids and trying to now suddenly work and teach. Uh, but at the end of the eight weeks, the, the people who filled out all the metrics for feeling healthy, their heart rate variability data uh, uh, was higher, and the people who were less healthy and more distressed, it was lower. So, so this enters in this whole topic of what locus of control, or what you can control, and what you do when you're alone. And and for me, it's really about under duress. At you know, I don't. When I work with patients, my goal isn't happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't. I think you have to meet. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy before you can even talk about happiness. There's too many social uh, determinants that are required. So uh, I may talk about gratitude. But anyway, um, so how do you react when in this great moment of uncertainty and lack of control? uh, And how does that affect your health? And then let me throw that to you about what the hospitals are seeing is this dramatic decline in heart attacks and strokes. And I think it's, it's been shown that it's, it's beyond just people not going to the ER. Uh, okay. and, and there is no clear answer yet. Um, my opinion is that um, there may be less stress from uh, always being late for something. Yeah, yeah I think, I think uh, you know, we, we, we need to talk in part about the France information and what's unique about European or French culture and, and the, the way their economy and the, their relationships are set up, you know, as one element, which certainly is different than America. Although even in America, you know, just as there's some information that despite the fact that most Americans seem to be trying to kill themselves with their diet habits and their exercise and their sleep habits, despite that, you know, with lockdowns and with a change from in-person uh, activities, whether that be work or so- social, et cetera, to things that are that are, they can control better. So they're able to stay home and get on the phone or get on the Zoom or whatever they're getting on. You know, they don't have to deal with the stresses of, tr- of, of uh, um, commuting, you know, whether it's, again, driving or, God forbid, someone in America take mass transportation. I mean, that concept. But, but even how we think about it, and that's part of the cultural pieces, as well as how Americans think about commuting, how Americans think about what work is. You know, work is a competition. 
I got to move up the ladder. Work is I'm looking at the next job or why is that person doing better than I am? Not the case necessarily in most of Europe, in socialized Europe. I know that's an evil word, but in socialized uh, Europe, you know, people are more secure. They've got, you know, the classic thing in France. I don't know how to say it in French, but I'll say it with a little bit of an accent is cradle to grave. You know, that, that is the mentality. That is what is set up. And France was actually the beginning, the core of that, you know, in the, in the 60s when they, when they really went, uh, when communism was kind of uh, making, rearing its head and they, they went a little bit more deeper into the social state. That was the, that was the essence. And I think that security exists. Amazingly, even though it really does not exist in America and our current leadership is making it exist even less, that stability, you know, is a little bit more secure, actually, during this lockdown phase because you can control your world. Yeah, we, uh, this country has been amazing at this hard driving moving forward. And I think we've hit a wall and, and COVID has brought that wall up against it. It's, you know, I haven't been to France recently, but... You know, so the two things that I would say to what you just said is, yes, they embrace a safety net. And so we're seeing the effects of not, not having a safety net for, for the vulnerable people. And so they embrace that. They also embrace the social aspect of simply a meal um, together. And so when they are, when they are, um, are it, the part of the process is the social aspect. So, you know, we, number one, uh, relationship to depression is, is social isolation. So uh, how, how to say the American culture deal with this new social isolation? And I'm sure some French people are dealing with this new social isolations poorly, and some are figuring out ways. Uh, but social isolation is another issue that can go either direction. Yeah, well, you know, I think we, we have to be careful in that, obviously, France is not a single, anymore, it's not a single culture. It's not, it's not a bunch of people, you know, wearing berets and drinking wine in the street corner. There's a large international influence. But, but the underlying um, a mood there, you know, I, I, I was probably in Paris a little more recently than you, but, but not that much more, is, is, you know, when Americans go to Paris, and I was actually there in August, okay, um, they're, they're amazed that like everybody's vacationing. I'm like, you know, they're amazed because August is the famous month in Paris where you can drive anywhere you like and park because everybody's on vacation, you know, and it's sort of a good time to go, but not necessarily because if you're going there to experience French culture in Paris, to go there when it's empty is not exactly the same thing. But I, I can, that was the pervasive piece. And, and you could see actually, I think that the people that had to stay behind to work, to take care of we American tourists, we're, we're not very happy about it, even though they were getting money, but there was no socialization, and, you know, with, you know, they, yes, some of it, but, but they, they missed filled cafes and they missed, you know, uh, uh, social events where there's people walking around and talking um, and, and, you know, Americans go there and, and they like the fact that people aren't doing that and there's no wait. I'm like, waiting for your meal by sitting and right. sipping something, alcoholic or not, you know, thinking about it, processing. But we really should introduce uh, and take away the living wage of their waiters and waitresses yeah. and have makes them really fight for a Make good them hungry. Tip. Yeah, Make yeah, them like fight for a good tip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a great starter job from hell. Right now. No, I, I agree. And, and you know, you know and, and the question is, how do you create that? How can we create that space? You know, how can we br bring 
the creativity of socialization because that's what it is you're stimulating the heck out of the out of your body and your mind and your soul by being around people by hearing street music by talking about what the wine tastes like by savoring you know the 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 appetizer and yes having a six course meal and not being as concerned about the fact that you've got to order each piece, but rather that's the joy of it, is bringing that out. Uh, and I, I should also add, one of the reasons why the French can be on lockdown and be healthier at the end, all right, more so than Americans, is that the French will be at home eating and relaxing. They won't be overdoing it. Americans think, most many Americans think, that being at home and being, quote, stressed by COVID and, and the uncertainties allows you to overindulge in other things right and 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 you know so so, you know some of the advantages of the de-stressing um let's assume you you still have a job but you're de-stressed because you don't have to go in and it's the schedules are more flexible you know that's terrific but you also need to be realizing you can't get your body completely out of a rhythm for that yeah i think i think there are there are two things there's the safety net thing uh that's a prerequisite and then there's a choice Mm -hmm. and and you if, if you're not safe financially or physically or emotionally, you can't get, you have to survive. So before living comes surviving. And so we, I think we always have to figure out who we're talking to. If the audience is people who are just trying to survive, mm-hmm. um, you can't talk about happiness. Uh, you gotta talk about survival. And then once you reach that plateau, then it's about a decision. Are you going to work uh, in a place that is going to value, you know, the quarterly carrots. You know, they want you thinking about only the quarterly carrots that you're going to, and and the sticks to prod you there. Um, and so, so you have to if if you crest the the safety net, and I think we're 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 maybe at this pivotal point in our country where we're going to value that if we don't have a safety net, we're going to pay for it in the hospitals and in the prisons and so on and so forth. So. Once we crest the safety net, then it's a choice about aligning yourself in, in the right space. Like the space that I'm in today, uh, being uh, uh, an Egyptian American immigrant, here I'm at VCU in the Egyptian building, and, and man, it's glorious. So, um, so the finest example of revivalist Egyptian architecture in the United States, uh, and started in 1828, finished in 1844, the first home of the Medical College of Virginia. Boom. The Egyptian building. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, it, it reminds me of a, of a quote, um, which I'm not big on because I like to just kind of wing things, but, but it reminds me of a quote uh, that Albert Schweitzer said, um, which is something that, that we can learn from the current generation, is that success does not result in happiness. Happiness results in success. And, 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 you know, and, and people are striving, they're, you know, being beaten with the, car- the sticks, or maybe they're beaten with the carrots. They're beaten <laughs> with the sticks, they're tempted by the carrots, and they're trying to get to something. You know, as opposed to, you know, 99% of people's work is not the incentive. It's the work. It's the core work. And yet we don't think about that. We're like, well, I have, a, say, a 9-to-5 job or whatever it is, and I do a, a, a amount of stuff. If I do a little bit more, it's so exciting. If I do a little bit less, it's so bad. I'm like, what about the bulk of what you're doing? Where's the joy? Where's the happiness in that? You know, because people want the success of doing a little bit better each quarter. You know, 
Right. What do so, you think, Dr. G? So, so yeah, again, once you crest that survival safety net, um, I don't put happiness as a target. I say it's a byproduct of an aligned life. And, and, and you're not hunting for it, but it'll happen if you're aligned. And then I talk about gratitude getting you there. And so, as we know, feeling gratitude can shift your HRV into a healthy state. But, you know, I treat the spectrum of people. I, I te- treat top flight athlete and corporate people. But on the other end, people with brain injury, concussion, chronic pain, addiction problems. And you can always talk about something to be grateful for. Like, I have control of my bladder. I can walk to the bathroom. And so, so you can always talk about gratitude. Um, but I don't target happiness. Uh, if, if, if you develop these habits and you create an aligned uh, lifestyle and a purpose, it's likely a byproduct. So, so, so you're, you're, to me, hap- you're saying happiness is more like a sponge that gets filled with lots of experiences, creativity, you know, of being able to express yourself in a range of, of, of ways, whether that's at work or at play or otherwise, you know, is keep, but, but only when the sponge is filled with all of these things, appreciation, gratitude, you know, positive experiences, um, um, uh, taking the good with the bad and realizing it is part of the journey. When that gets filled, then all of a sudden you have happiness, right? And I, you know, I, I think success is way overrated. Like, I don't want success. I don't, you know, because once you get it, there's another level, you know, or people are trying to knock you off the success or whatever. Where and I think there's another quote in there somewhere. But, 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 you know, it it really is filling up that sponge, um, and and I and ideally, you know, I'm not squeezing it it out too much because if you're always just seeking the happiness, whether that's a burst of happiness. Um, you know, through an you know a amazing vacation or to overdoing it with alcohol or food, whatever it is, is when you squeeze that sponge in happiness, then you then you're a little deflated. You know, if if that's kind of your goal, I think happiness just happens. Like I don't, yeah. I'm I'm not trying to be happiness happy. Right. I'm just am, uh, and I think that's really you know yeah. a, an important element. Yeah, and for me, uh, because I've been see Dave, Doctor C does not waste any energy, so. I come from a tradition of wasting a lot of energy on stuff, so I've had to learn it. Uh, so for me, the methodical plan is I have a purpose, and my purpose is three words, help people adapt. And then there are certain values. And I know that the two people I'm sitting here uh, with, Dr. C and R- Dr. Uh, Professor uh, Johnson of Abstract Athlete. Jimmy J. That, Jimmy J. We, <laughs> that we have uh, aligned uh, purpose and values. Uh, we all believe in respecting other people. We all believe X, Y, Z. And so at, at, at this table, if I want to make it happen and you're a jerk and you believe in being a jerk, uh, we're bound to have conflict. And so part of the problem why we can get creative is first of all, the groundwork has been laid. We have similarly aligned purposes um, and then creativity can flow. And so uh, Conflict wastes energy, and uh, Doctor C doesn't waste any energy uh, when I watch when I when I watch him how, how he works and how much he's created himself. I've wasted a lot in my day, <laughs> and I've learned that really at the end of the game, it, you might impress some people or you may you know have a certain feeling, but you know you're not any further down the road. So you know, and, and I think that that actually is 
to me the European versus American again. You know, like like you know, I'm an Americanophile. I like America, but man, you go to Europe and people are accepting of the way things are. They they are they 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 realize that happiness is around them and that that they're glorying in things. You know, and you know, in, in some parts of Europe, they're they're very into you know having things be perfect and you know and and everything just looks a crisp sort of way. Other parts of Europe, it's a little more quote rundown and stuff, but but they're accepting of all of that. Yeah. You know, in America, if what you have doesn't look crisp, if your car, you know, there's more freaking car washes in America than in the rest of the world combined. Like, why <laughs> does our car have to shine so much? The car doesn't know, and it actually there's so much, there's so many layers of wax and Dr. whatever C, stuff. Yeah. Do you love America? America. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I like what it could be. I really like what it could be very, very much. Um, what it is, not so much. But, uh, but I, obviously, more recently, I've become more excited about the potential for it, and and you know, a, a an expression of how amazing the diversity is, while at the same time appreciating that the history that got us there, you know, is while challenge is part of the journey. It's fine, but but we every time we keep looking back. You know, and and going backwards in it, it's painful. But you know, I, we don't. I don't want to. I can. I can live in Europe or live in Canada. But so I want to get this better. So yeah, what do you think? Ron? So this reminds me of a quote, and it's one of my favorites because it's mine. Okay, I love that. <laughs> um, and you know, so I was a molecular genetics graduate. So this goes back to genetics, uh, and it goes back to it. It it really is science one hundred and one. Uh, uh, diversity always outlasts the lure of uniformity. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, there's greater, uh, we are the most, I mean, if you look at us, we have a lot of trouble, but there isn't a country that is more diverse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could say this country's struggling with diversity, but nobody, I mean, look at Germany, they have uh, five to 7% Turkish people, they have problems with that. We have real historical issues and diversity, and yet we've managed to accomplish so much. So it's really tremendous. But I want to get something about the frustrations and the anger. And so once upon a time, I was an angry man. No. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was the kind of steamer, you know, you just you could just see it bubble off the top of my head at work and things like that. And it would affect people around me. You know, I didn't yell or anything like that, but inside inside I was the roaring silence I was boiling and so what the beauty of heart rate variability and wearable technology is going to do yeah. it's going to change the way we look at emotion so I want people to think about anger I recently saw a post uh, that got me thinking and I think we're getting closer they didn't quite have it um, I call anger uh, if it's not it's really powerful and it's powerful, but it's inefficient. So it, it's like driving to Richmond in second gear, high RPMs, really powerful. If I, you know, if I really got to accelerate and I really got to cut this person off, I'm better off at a lower gear and higher RPMs. Um, but it's a waste of energy most times. So I call fear the petulant. I call anger the petulant fear. And so if you're constantly being stoked at home, uh, instead of trying to be the right person or do the right thing start off maybe with waste less energy and oftentimes if you play blackjack 
when I work with clients. I, uh, when, when you have a terrible hand and you have 18 and they're showing a, you know, a king. A nine, yeah. Yeah, and they're showing a king, but then they happen to get, the dealer happens to get an 18, that's called a push. Yeah. You get to move to the next hand without a loss. A push is a win. So when, when you get that text or that email and you get fired up way hot, I think this is one of the decisions you made subconsciously long ago. It's just a giant waste of energy. Yeah. I can't control it. And so you get back to your comment about acceptance. Acceptance can feel like losing, but it's just reality. Yeah. Well, if you play enough chess, if you don't accept a draw when you've got an opportunity, take the draw and, and, and try a different opening, try a different... Push is a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let, let's let's wrap up because I know we've got, you know, time is, is a waste. You know, we, we let's let's just reemphasize that, you know, diversity is is one of the secrets of success. Creativity from that diversity and amongst that diversity drives wellness, drives you know your your um some of the potential negativity that's in the world and, and turns it into something that can be a positive energy. But, and I think the biggest take home you just brought, uh, Dr. G, is that, you know, sometimes it's easier just to accept, you know, compromise, if that's a term if, that you want to use, and move on to, to succeed another day and to, to, to find it. And, that, and, to, and to me, that's the best way to fill that sponge full of happiness. So, uh, on behalf of Dr. G, it's Dr. C saying, uh, keep listening, keep well, and and keep having, and, and as the French would say, toodaloo. No, au revoir, au revoir. Take care, folks, all the best. Thank you for joining Dr. G and Dr. C today on the Abstract Doctors podcast. Please visit the Abstract Doctors for information and upcoming podcasts. The Abstract Doctors is produced by The Abstract Athlete. For more information on podcasts, events, and subscription boxes, please visit theabstractathlete.com. And as always, follow us on social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors and The Abstract Athlete. The office is now closed, but join us for our next appointment when Dr. G and Dr. C speak with head men's basketball coach of Christopher Newport University, John Krikorian.